let's talk about this network outage that happened this week. The fuck happened? You work at Solana now. Tell me what happened. Give me the inside scoop. I don't have the inside scoop. There was a post published on the Solana.com website. We'll have a link to it in the description that talks about it. It's from Anatoly himself. And it is basically his ideas and thoughts on how to improve the processes behind upgrading the network. It was a, it was an interesting read, I thought. And anyone who's curious should go and read it. But basically it says that in layman's terms, it's kind of a janky way that updates happen on the network and that we can be better. Okay. From my understanding, the outage was from the, I don't think that there's publicly been said anything about like what exactly happened. They're still trying to figure out and pinpoint what exactly it was. There's some theories, but something about all of these different features were enabled on DevNet and or TestNet. And once all the validators hit supermajority of 1.14, I think was the version, there was something happening with blocks not being produced. And I I honestly don't know any of the specifics. So I'm not going to lie. The outage stuff is... What am I trying to say? It's less and more of a deal than I want it to be, right? I feel like there's two perspectives and I can understand both sides. From one perspective, I'm over here like, hey, we're trying to be on the cutting edge of what's possible. There's going to be some fuck ups. And and the fact that there are occasional outages is just is just part of part of that. And the fact that we resolve them so quickly is awesome, right? If you look at the total downtime of the network, it is so much lower than I think most people outside of the ecosystem think it is. It's very minimal. Then there's this other side that I've seen on Twitter recently where people are like, hey, DeFi doesn't work if there's outages like this. If you've got trades that are put in in a certain time and it's like timing of trades matters, then you kind of get fucked over if outages happen unexpectedly. I can understand a little bit of both, if I'm being honest. I do think we're getting to a point in the ecosystem maturity where we need to shore this up. And that might be more important. Like the stability might be more important than new stuff, you know? Which I think Tolly actually said on Twitter where he was like, hey, 2022 was all about releasing a bunch of new features. 2023 is all about stability. Let's do this. Which I appreciated. That's kind of how I feel right now. Yeah, as like an individual, I also agree with that. And I I think one of the one of the things, one of the takeaways that non-ecosystem participants can get from this outage is that Solana is not centralized. Like a lot of the non-Solana ecosystem think and say because of bad publicity and false information that's that is spread by other chains and ecosystems like Polygon. But Solana is not centralized and the way that the network has to be restarted and for validators to reach supermajority and, and all that kind of stuff. Like it obviously is not centralized because Tolly was posting on Twitter of restart everyone kind of kind of like vibe of like pressing for the restart and it wasn't happening because the validators didn't want to at the time because of some reason. Eventually it came to the the consensus of like, okay, now let's restart. This is the block and or the rather this is the slot we're gonna restart on. But it kind of just proves that Solana is not centralized. 
which is like a good thing, a good additional way to prove it. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing to prove, but a bad way to prove it. The misinformation about Solana is its own thing, right? Problem it, it, in its own right. Yeah, and I don't I don't spend enough time keeping up on what people say to know why it's that way, why it is continue to be perpetuated. But I do know that almost every time I read something about Solana compared to something about an ETH L2 or ETH itself, it seems so biased or at a minimum so misinformed. I'm hoping it's a little bit more of the latter, misinformation instead of intentional bias. Both are problematic, but one is maybe unintentional and easier to fix. That does kind of suck as someone who's in the ecosystem and feels like we're doing cool things here and only to get... Here's another way to put it, right? Is like, I'm fine if you shit on stuff that is bad. It's like, if we're building a thing and it sucks and you call us out for that thing that sucks, that's totally fine. I will take that. It's a reasonable response. If you make a comparison to something else that makes that other thing look better when in reality it's the same or worse, then I take issue with it. When Polygon has to do a restart, it'll be painted out as this is a great thing for the network. We're improving this thing. And if Solana has to do a restart, it's like, oh, Solana's terrible and it like never is going to measure up kind of thing. And it's like, oh, actually Solana processes way more transactions and can handle so much more and what's going on. I kind of hate that. It really bothers me. And that's coming from someone who doesn't consider himself a like a Solana maximalist. I'm all for a multi-chain future. I want Solana to succeed and I want Ethereum to succeed. And I want us all to to build cool new stuff and figure out the various advantages to different architectural approaches. I harbor no ill will in any direction. And so it's just like, is really frustrating to see the misinformed or biased reporting. Naturally, as people that participate in the Solana ecosystem, like, yeah, it's really unfortunate to have to kind of like take that flack. And uh, yeah, it sucks. But yep. I will say some of the responses from big names in the Solana ecosystem don't help. It's just like antagonizing people and Right, making it an us versus them thing instead of, I, I don't know. It's just like b- both sides, I think, could be more civil, if I'm being honest, but whatever. I think one of my favorite things about the classic us versus them conversation about like any subgroup of people, there's always an us versus them. But as soon as you get a broader us and you have a different group of them, like it changes. You could think of it as like a Solana versus ETH or any EVM chain. So if you have five people in a room and you have someone from Solana, someone from Ethereum, someone from Polygon, and someone from Bitcoin, they're all going to potentially have disagreements about like, oh, my chain's the better one for reasons X, Y, and Z. But then as soon as you have someone who's a non-crypto individual come in, then it's immediately all of the crypto people as an us versus them of the non-crypto person. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we're all together on crypto. It's all about finding a common ground. And don't be a dick about how you share your common ground or express your lack of common ground with other people. Yeah. Just like, have good vibes. Don't be a dick. 
I'm letting through some of my own current disillusionment with the way I'm talking about things right now. But it's like, I am a little bummed right now with the state of crypto. We're in the middle of a bear market. I don't think we're coming out of it in the next couple months. I think it's probably more of a 12 to 18 month kind of timeline. And I'm willing to weather that storm, but that doesn't mean it's fun. And so like, I am a little disillusioned. Agreed. But that being said, my underlying feelings is I'm still very bullish on the technology of block, like blockchain technology in general. Obviously, I'm also very bullish on Solana specifically, but I think that underlying blockchain technology bullishness, that should be a uniting force instead of a dividing force. And that's, I think that's what you were just alluding to is like, hey, just zoom out a little bit and find the common ground in saying, hey, we all believe in blockchain technology and that it can do great things. Can we appreciate the fact that we're all approaching it from different directions so that there's a greater chance of the technology moving forward, period? Yeah, 100%. If you think about anyone outside the crypto and blockchain ecosystem, they don't care or know the difference between what chains or what. They're just like, oh, crypto, yeah, classic crypto, you know, classic blockchain. They don't give a crap about it. Yeah. And they just see it as a as a broad negative vice like chains fighting against each other. Dude, which I'm not gonna lie, in its current state, I think is fair. Like I look at crypto right now and I don't see a lot of applications that I'm thrilled about, if I'm being completely honest. The things that I'm thrilled about are kind of underlying technologies that your typical person is not gonna know or understand or get excited about. Yeah, it's because you can nerd out about it. Yeah, exactly. And we still need to take that and turn it into real use cases that are a net positive for humanity, if you will. And I think we'll get there, but we're not going to get there faster by being pissed at each other all the time and like pointing the finger. We're going to get there by supporting each other in building new and cool and interesting things. And no offense to like DeFi people, DeFi is not the thing that's going to bring in the masses. Like most people don't trade. Most people aren't, aren't whales who are doing a lot with trading. DeFi, I think, is a very legitimate use case for crypto. It's one that I'm excited about personally, but it's not one I'm excited about for onboarding the masses. I actually kind of disagree with you on that one. Ooh, I would love to hear, I'd love to hear why. I think I disagree with you because of how you are defining crypto. You are how you're what I think that you think is involved with DeFi. So by DeFi, do you mean anything that involves any financialization? Or do you mean specifically like a mango markets where you're doing like high frequency trading or if you're doing NFT flipping or things like that? Or do you mean a very basic form of DeFi, which is how I feel of sending money back and forth between people at almost no cost because i um, still consider that DeFi. that's so if that's, i was to send someone usdc that's fair as like a payment of a transaction i would still consider that DeFi. and i think simple transactions like that are in fact the way that we're going to be able to onboard we're going to bring crypto to the masses bring okay. blockchain to the masses that's see that's interesting to me because i can see how in certain parts of the world that may be big but in the us for example I actually don't. Yeah, in the broader see, Western, in the Western world, like it's not, it's a different problem that we don't have. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't see that as a big deal because it's like I can use Venmo, I can use PayPal. There's a million ways for me to send money already without crypto. That's just as easy, easier actually, if I'm being completely honest. 
So that to me isn't the thing. That being said, I also wasn't thinking of that as DeFi. Like when I'm thinking about DeFi, I'm talking about, for lack of a better term, heavier financial decentralized applications, right? Yeah, more more complex things, vice sending money. Exactly, exactly. I still don't know that I completely agree with you. That being said, I am maybe more aligned with what you're saying than my initial statement may have sounded like. Payments is not nothing. There are plenty of people for whom payments have to cross borders regularly, and that's challenging and costly outside of crypto. I'm not trying to underplay the importance of standard payments. That being said, I think there are plenty of people for whom that's not a big enough draw. And I've said this a bunch before. I'm just, I just sound like a broken record, but we need to get to the point where there are applications that are backed by crypto and people don't even know it or care. It's just a better application because of crypto and they don't actually need to know why it's a better application. They just know that it is a better application. Okay, fine. We have similar viewpoints. We can continue the podcast. I don't know, man. I'm still trying to figure it out. Aren't we all? Speaking of still trying to figure it out, the Grizzlython. It's happening. It's coming almost to a close. No. I you, are you I've a, been rewriting Soldev. <laughs> are you fair fair enough. Are you even allowed to participate Although in technically, now that you're at foundation? I don't know. I mean I won't out of potential conflict of interest, but I think in theory Soldev, the entire Soldev redesign technically started after the mm -hmm. well, the first it commit did. started after, I guess. Yeah. Uh, after the hackathon started. So I guess technically it could be submitted, but I don't know. I doubt it would like take like win anything or take place. So it's like, man, whatever. A re redesign. Yeah. That probably wouldn't be enough for it. That being said, it is a big thing. I'm super excited for the redesign. I think I'm almost done. Yeah. That's sick. So close. Are you using JavaScript again or are you using TypeScript? I am using TypeScript on it. Good. Because you use JavaScript on this magic thing. And I was like, what? Where's my TypeScript? <laughs> I made it with JavaScript and not TypeScript, rather, because I can go faster. Okay. But I might I'm also very new to TypeScript, which is also probably the bigger reason. That's why I'm faster with without TypeScript. Yeah. I'm still like pretty new to TypeScript. I think I need but to go anyway. back and update the source code be in TypeScript. Have fun with that. <laughs> no offer to jump in and do it yourself. <laughs> Yo, I'm busy. <laughs> you are busy. You are busy. I sent an offer to a new web dev two days ago. Ooh, that's exciting. So hope, I'm hoping to hear back today and hoping that it is an acceptance because... Is this um, for a front-end developer or... Full, full stack. Some other full stack. I think a lot of what he ends up doing is going to be front-end, but... I definitely need someone who can do full stack stuff and someone who's willing to branch out even beyond web development. It's someone who's like, Hey, you want to pick up some Solana development and write a smart contract, that kind of thing. And I think this guy fits that bill. He's excited about doing lots of stuff. And he also seems really big into, into mentoring more junior developers, which will be great for like me and John, for example, right? Where I'm not really a front end dev, but I might want to like pick up things here and there as you've seen this past week. Same with John, right? Like having someone who can show him the ropes a little bit will be freaking sick. John's awesome, by the way. Like he's just willing to jump in and work on super solid anything. And I fucking love it, but it always helps to have like a mentor and someone who can provide direction. Yeah. Yeah. 
we'll kind of bring it back to some Solana related things. I got a chance with my first week of being a full-time employee at Foundation, which has been really cool so far. I got to record one of the Solana changelog episodes. That was cool. Wait, do you work at Foundation? I didn't. uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Wow. Why you got to be that way? (laughs) No, dude, that's sick. How how's it been? It's been a good first week. It's Friday as we're recording this, so the week is coming to a close. It's been fun. There's a steep learning curve of like how, because I'm coming from a very different industry and a very different type of role, still engineering, but different. It's interesting to see kind of broadly as someone who's coming from a role outside of the tech industry, getting an inside look of how a tech company functions and the different types of roles that exist and the interesting people that are all working on interesting things in their own lanes almost. That's very interesting to me of getting to experience it for the first time. But one of the other things I got to do is participate in the Grizzlython Discord's pitch practice. I think it was what we called it. I think like five or six projects were came on the Discord stage, so to speak, and they basically did a practice pitch of their project that they're building for Grizzlython. So that was really cool. Pitch for presenting their project yeah, to the hackathon yeah. or pitch like a VC yeah. pitch? I guess in theory, both, but more specifically on pitching for the hackathon. Got it. Cool. So it was like, hey, here are some things that I would recommend you would talk about or mm. based off what you said, these are the questions I have that maybe try to incorporate that Sweet. into your like video recording and things that you submit with the hackathon. We so really we cool. should pull together some asynchronous content to help people with that. You know what I mean? Like, hey, these are the sorts of things that, you know, are going to appeal to judges and help get your idea across. Yeah, that sort of thing. I think the presentation. Is- yes, you definitely should do that, James. As the participant of the first place winner of last year's hackathon <laughs> and the person who recorded the video and, pub- and submitted it, you should definitely do that. Give me a grant. Let's do it. I will give you a one-time offer of a high five. I'll take the high five TBD on what you're going to get in return. I actually, I would be glad to help with something like that. I think it would be really useful. I spent much longer than I needed to on the presentation just because it was like, I was felt like I was fumbling through how to best present the project and how to, how to get across what we were working on and why it mattered. Ultimately, the time I spent, I think, paid off. But I think had I had some kind of direction on on how to do it, I could have done it much quicker and been more efficient. And obviously, there's a time constraint component to hackathons. I think we help people with that. There's a bunch of engineers working on hackathon stuff who maybe are new to trying to present a problem and solution set to people. And there's an opportunity there for education to help with that. But we can talk about that offline because I actually do think that's worth investing some time and energy okay so if anyone wants help with their pitch practice or video recording you can message james nope that's not what i said (laughs) don't don't it's only don't turn don't turn around my tactics it's only fair it's only fair don't don't use my tactics against me nick just a regular reminder that if you need someone to beta test your application give you feedback (laughs) find bugs nick is your guy he is a phenomenal user tester gives great feedback he will tear apart your app and make sure that it is better for it 
I think I said this last time and I'll say it again. You, sir, are a monster. <laughs> I I know I got a couple this? people on this, Twitter James? who are helping me. So that's, you know, I've how about this, James? How about are you open if anyone if any of our listeners are building a hackathon project, if they want to come on the podcast with us and they can like describe and, and kind of show off their project to us and we can ask them questions and grill them for whatever that would be worth to those individuals if anyone interested oh yeah i would totally you be open to that yeah it, i mean look we're going to be recording this podcast for an hour anyway so that's a exactly, that's a, that's, exactly. that's a great time for me to be like yes i have this time to dedicate i just don't want to have like a free form yeah everybody dm me and let's like you know and i'll help everybody but if people want to like jump on the podcast and we can do some real-time feedback and that sort of thing i'd be down okay if anyone wants to, then you can message us on Twitter and we will, if we like the project good enough, I guess, then we'll, uh, then we'll, we'll think about it. That'd be fun, actually. Yeah, I'd be down. We only have like one week that we could actually do that with before the hackathon ends, but that would be sweet for next week. Let us know. Yeah. Well, cool. You sent me a link the other day to Helios's new Explorer yeah. and I haven't played around with it a ton yet. I responded to you and said, what should I explore? And you said Solana, which was very, <laughs> which was incredibly helpful. What I was actually, Touché. what I was actually asking Nick was like, is there a particular address that you want to give me that will illustrate all of the capabilities of this new Explorer? Right. I'll be honest. I sent you the link to it just after I found it. Got it. And I was like, Ooh, this is cool. So from what I have heard is that, so it's built by the team at Helios, good people. It's also open source. That's the whole, that's like the goal of it is another open source explorer, which I think is really cool. I, based off the people who are building it, I'm assuming it's using a lot of Helios webhooks and the Helios API underneath the hood, which is totally fair because the Helios API is pretty cool. Pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. So I just pulled open nickfrosty.soul on, on the yes. Explorer and holy shit, this is, this is pretty freaking good, man. It's not just like arbitrary list of transactions. It tells me what the transactions are. I love and it. And that's like kind of the, that's what, of the special sauce behind Helios. If well, you've so, ever played with the Helios API, they do a lot of this almost abstraction of converting a transaction into like more human readable information which is exactly what i was was asking or trying to get at when i asked you like what should i explore is like hey how can i see what this is capable of but yeah helios has been talking about this for a long time about wanting to basically make the entire blockchain human readable and i'm not gonna lie this explorer looks like that is what they're doing or have already done this is freaking sick on a side note, oh. I'm also looking at my own address and I see I just recently got a new drip airdrop. Oh, I got my you? drip drop TM. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, is that what it's this top one teleport. is? Uh, No, the second one. The second one? Tele teleport. teleport too. Anyway, ooh, speaking of drip, did you see that the kind folks at Salon Spaces, aka Vipu, has officially rebranded their Twitter to Drip House now? I didn't see that, but that's awesome. Also, Vibhu, if you're listening, and you may or may not be, because I don't know, but I would still love that sign. My offer still stands. What sign? Vib posted 
a picture of the New York City Salon Spaces store like sign that gets hung on the wall. And he said something to the effect of, what would you do to have this? And I made him an offer. And uh, he didn't explicitly tell me no. He gave me some strongly worded <laughs> responses. I did offer him some real plants for it. Real plants, huh? You, that's uh, that's big Two for you guys. Two real plants, in fact. I know. That's, that's big for the it's two our of love you language. who are all about fake plants. Plants are our love language. So what are fake plants? Is it is like a corruption of love? Ooh, maybe. maybe. Twisted, dark. Anyway, I'm excited about Drip. Like, obviously, I'm sad that Spaces is now gone. But now that the stores are closed and they can turn all of their time and energy to Drip, I think we're going to see some really cool stuff. Yeah, me I too. Got, I got my Drip I'm excited too. to see what comes checked. out. You mean your Drip Drop, TM? My Drip Drop, yeah. Dude, drip drop. whoa. Also, in NFTs, you get your Mad List whitelist token or whatever they called it. I did not get a whitelist token from within the backpack extension when you would like go to the XNFT and like try to pull it up. I didn't see anything about a token, but it just tells me that I can invite others to use backpack. When did you get I backpack? Semi recently from that time that you were like, hey Armani, Nick will help you test things. Was it before February? Um I don't know. We should we should what check that because uh, it's March. <laughs> to, it was that yeah, it was probably like January, March. February. Okay. If it was in January, then I think you should be on the mad list and should be able to get the whitelist token. But let's take a look at that after this because I'm super excited about about that project. They look really cool. Do you know any of the details for the project? Like what it is? I think the art, it's very noir, is like the word that I think describes it best. It looks cool. I'm super excited. I don't really do NFT PFPs, but I might make an exception for this. I like the idea of PFPs, and I have some that I think are really cool. But when I said I don't yeah. do it, I meant I don't typically change out my profile yeah, picture yeah, yeah, no, for I it. You. I have a number of nfts that i think come from a project you would think of as a pfp project but i don't normally actually set it as my profile picture and this may be the exception are you looking back back right now no maybe just, <laughs> yes, you try trying to try to figure it out <laughs> i was clicking some buttons like i have an invite code that i can use in stuff but nothing else do you know any details about like what the mad labs project is about is it no. purely just artwork have, or I have no, I is no there idea. something else? I have no idea. Okay. I just trust Armani and his crew. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what it boils down to. And they've done a great job of building community and hype and excitement over the last, I don't know, six plus months. So I think they're going to... I mean, I think Armani's been doing it for a little bit longer than six months. I meant specifically with the NFT project. They absolutely, oh, he, yeah. definitely, he definitely has been doing it for longer than six months. I mean, specifically with the WoW project that turned into the Mad Lads project. Wow. So when I first saw WoW, I kept Googling for it. I'm like, what the crap what does the this mean? Ever, that was everybody. It took me so long. And then I, figured, I finally figured out and I was just like, oh, okay, that's cool, I guess. 